Welcome to episode 309 of my, uh, the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined once again this week by my chaotic co-host, Peter and Jake. Knuckling around here. I, maybe that's the wrong the wrong verb. I don't know what it means to be knuckling. Uh, the only way to knuckle <laughs> is down. That's all I know. Is The, the only ad- <coughs> admissible direction to knuckle is down. Um, but... We got to bring it to you this week. Uh, this week, it is the contact lens edition of the cast, uh, or as I like to call them, collectible sleeves for your eyes. Keep them. Is this your mint way of telling us you're going to try contacts with Peter? contact lenses? <laughs> I think the weirdest contact lens technology they've come out with are the hard ones that actually shape your eyes. So you sleep, I think you sleep with them in, and then in the morning you take them out, actually. And then you can see fine for the rest of the day, for about one full day, and then you have to, like, put them back in. It gently massages your eyeballs into shape. Because it just, it just molds your shape, and then your body's like, no, 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 I said broken. <laughs> I said don't see. That's not what I wanted. Yeah, they, they should put like I, little heaters in them so it gets them into their gel state and then it refrigerates them like after midnight, like halfway through your sleep yeah. cycle, so they set in that position. <laughs> one day. One day they'll come out with it. One day they'll be able to fix us without using lasers. I, I can't wait for the day they put in the FOV slider. and of course as always we're coming at you live from a maze pyramid underneath the water that has been opened up by a plot device otherwise known as labyrinth zone our favorite zone oh was that actually a zone i mean it's got to be labyrinth zone right it's inspired by it's the only watery labyrinth in the sonic series well i think it's except for maybe aquatic ruin yeah, it's, I think it's a it's a combo of aquatic because the booby traps are straight out of Aquatic Ruin. It's true. There there are also booby traps in Labyrinth Zone. Oh, okay. I I did not know this. I am more knowledgeable. Did you li- on Sonic? Was Sonic an educational film for you? Yeah, yeah. I I treated this like a documentary. Uh, where the only thing that was missing was like a, a British narrator just kind of saying, and now we view the fox that kind of looks like a squirrel that has two tails. Well, it's certainly- coming in out of nowhere that has ample intelligence of all technological things in the universe. Of course. He's a fucking prodigy. Yeah. I, is he that. Canon to the to the games as well. Was he um, a smart cookie yeah, a per se? Yeah, he in, he yeah. Uh, invented the tornado. He 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 built the the plane. The plane, not not the concept <laughs> of a tornado. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. The plane is called the tornado. Oh, yes. okay. And if I'm sure you, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow Jake's mind right now into fucking smithereens. Okay. So you know how he said his name was Miles Tails Prower? Right, Jake? Yeah. Miles yeah, yeah. I, I knew that. Prower. 
miles tails huh if you break it down miles tails tails smiles <laughs> wow this game this show this movie this fucking Knuck- franchise knuckles per hour <laughs> This polished <laughs> chaos emerald of a of a, of a franchise is uh, something else. Is there? I feel like they definitely missed opportunities. Um, for instance, never once did Knuckles say they call me Knuckles, nor did they ever make reference to the fact that he does not chuckle. They're saving it all Sonic. for the for the adventure. I sequel. do not chuckle. I was waiting for a um, a Uganda Knuckles meme. And I got none. I was upset. You were waiting for the the meme that died three years ago to come back. It was about 75% of the way through the movie, and I'm like, where's my Ugandan knuckles? I'm like, they can fit a, a, an okay, or a, I, I spit on you. You know, something like that. They also didn't like do a, oh, no. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah. Um, oh, no. Well, and we know why because we got a fucking. It was educational for. Now we asked you, Jake, if it was an educational movie, and you said no. Um, but damn, if Sega wasn't going to be educated by this, we took a fucking focus group survey after the after the movie, so we can tell you yeah, exactly who they group. were who they're worried about with with Sonic, and it is it is families and diverse Christian groups. They asked. A lot of demographic information about mm-hmm. like your religious views, your political views, and it's like, why is this important? This is a Sonic movie. <laughs> I'm wondering if they're like, wait, if they're like, do we have to keep it PG? Like, do we have to get like G? Like this, this shit's like, there's they're spouting shiitake mushroom jokes and. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it was always a kids movie. Like it's it's aimed at a younger audience i know but i'm wondering if they're like gonna ramp it up for the next one that includes a certain other character (laughs) (laughs) i want seth rogan as big the cat (laughs) froggy froggy i can't do that too loud that's chris and mine's bedtime uh role play so (laughs) I don't want to like send mixed messages. You get you get you get in your big the cat suit. And she, yeah. she dresses up like a frog. <laughs> it's it's that or Family Guy. Like I'll be Peter. I'll be like <laughs> Lois. <laughs> I gotta go work at the beer factory. <laughs> and then she'll go Peter. <laughs> and somehow, I'll, that brings us full circle. That's how babies are made. Um, because as any Sega fan knows, um, Hideki Naganuma, the man who made the OST for Jet Set Radio Future, is a Family Guy meme channel. That is his Twitter account. His Family Guy memes. <laughs> I am not lying. You can go on his Twitter. His profile pic, I believe, is, is Peter Griffin. No one has challenged you on this. Uh, what's his name? Hideki Naganuma. If you just look that up okay. in Family Guy, I—that's an impossible name. 
Hideki Naganuma, CEO of Funky Fresh. And he is an absolute meme lord. Sir, I'm calling... Oh, oh. Oh. I mean, his profile picture is not the family guy, but there are some memes on here. CEO of Funky Fresh Beats. <laughs> yes, that was... It's a, it's a little stale at this point, but yes, the, the Family Guy Jet Set Radio crossover was strong. I didn't have to scroll too far before I found a, uh, a Family Guy piece of material on this timeline. I don't know what it means. Though that is, that is the really... one piece of uh, material that I've found related to Family Guy. He's got uh, Dragon Tales org as his uh says this is my favorite pokemon he's got a picture of org from dragon tales uh he's got a uh face swap of mike wazowski on sully from monsters inc mm-hmm. um oh there's another family guy thing yeah it's a picture of peter griffin and uh he says i think this is my favorite man Family Guy must be funny moments of his life. Okay. That's about enough Hideki Naganuma Twitter for me. <laughs> it's fucking this picture where it's this guy who's replaced all his apps with the baby. And then yeah. he replies, replies with my babies. The baby. Is that the famous rapper the baby? Sure is. <laughs> all right, one. Well, baby. Someone said all, right. all right, yeah. All right, we can fucking move on. Let's let's talk trailers in our uh, trailer review and roundup segment we call Trey Watch. Ho, oh, buddy, is there not a lot this week? Um, let's let's talk about Operation Mincemeat. Mm-hmm. It's a Netflix movie. It's a World War Two drama, spy drama with light comedy elements it's a colin it's it's a british movie stalling starring colin firth about world I war never... ii groundbreaking never yeah seen so uh, no, the synopsis is in 1943 the allies are determined to launch an all-out assault on the fortress europe <laughs> but they face an impossible challenge to protect a massive invasion force from entrenched German firepower and avert a potential massacre. So, um, what? It's got some espionage. It's got yeah, some jokes. The it's got premise. I think is they took like a fun factoid about one operation from World War Two, where they they faked a a dead body as like a dead spy to like double yeah, cross so the Germans. It is based on a true story. Uh, it was actually a pretty interesting story. Um, there's a movie called The Man Who Never Was. Um, mm-hmm. It came out in 1956, and it's based on the same thing, but probably done a little bit more like faithfully to what actually happened, seeing as how you know it happened not as long ago. <laughs> I just want to know why it's called Operation Mincemeat. And because is there going to the be mincemeat? Shred to mincemeat. 
Jake's waiting. Isn't that what they call ground beef? In, uh, over um, in the, uh, the Jolico, England? No, I think it's a different it's a cut of, of, of the animal. Mince. Mince meat. What is mince meat? Mince meat. Because yeah. you do mince, uh, you know, Mince beef. meat is a mixture of chopped dried fruit, distilled spirits and spices, and often beef suet saute. I don't know. Oh, I'm so wrong. S-U-E-T. Yeah. I, Usually, I don't blame you, Jake. As a pie or pastry filling, I don't blame you, Jake, because they fucking call they call the they call their sweet bread is meat, but sweet meats is bread. Well, that's just wrong. It's just wrong on a fundamental level. That's just wrong. I will not oh, stand for it. Oh, uh, I guess minced minced meat. Or beef mince is uh, what they call it over there. Mm-hmm. Beef mince. I think. I think yeah. Very. Yeah. It's a or maybe it's a more finely chopped one. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Great. Uh, now I know. Thanks, um, foodsguy.com for explaining the difference. I'm much yeah. happier now. Um, topic of the movie, I don't know. It it looks like it's probably gonna be fine. If you, yeah, it's well, Netflix movie. What are they comparing it to? But in given genre, X X Y Z genre. Hmm. Uh oh, from the director of King's Speech or maybe producer of King's Speech. Probably one of the investors. Producers and the producers of King's Speech. Okay. Oh, but the screenplay is done by Ashley. Uh, no, Michelle Ashford. Sorry. Forgot that name real quick. (laughs) I don't fucking know. (laughs) It'll be super interesting. It's Netflix trash. I knew who it was. Yeah. It's. It's the it's the eighth uh, World War One or World War Two movie that has come out in the past like two years, so it's just kind of blend all together. This is the these are the is, these are the tailings, the dregs of of this are, wave of it, uh, World War movies. Do you think it's time to like start like picking out uh, like stereotypes for these type of movies? Like, I feel like there's always a shot of. Zoom in on a typewriter as it types out something eerie. You want? I'm sure that somewhere out there, someone has compiled an exhaustive list of World War X movie tropes. Yeah, like the the dude running on the battlefield with the Thompson. They should do. Oh, <laughs> what if they they do like the um. They do the next Austin Powers movie, but it's a prequel, like The King's Man. It's the Austin's Power, and it's it's a World War II spy movie. Oh my god! That's just a parody of World War II espionage movies. I yeah, would like can, that. You can make it about Nigel Powers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! Somebody write us. Somebody write this. Don't somebody don't write, write us me. and get in contact. We'll help writing. I don't need to be involved except when I'm at the theater. Just write it for me. Do all the work 
and I'll enjoy it. That's, that's so, the trade. That's a good idea. You get making a movie. I get watching the movie that you made. Watching a movie. <laughs> it's the way that's this business good, has operated for the past hundred years. So, call me Blumhouse. <laughs> what we're trying to say is Blumhouse, call us. Call me. You've never, you've never once called us. Who's who's the the studio that normally does awesome power movies? Um, New Line Cinema. The last couple were Lions. Yeah, New Line or Lionsgate. They'll do New it. Line. They've done worse. But I think that's a legitimately good idea. An origin story to Austin Powers. And the end, he can have like, they can set up like the end scene where he like is driving in the country and then blows up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there something where it was like the origin of Fat Bastard or something? No, it was. Oh, it was him and Dr. Evil. They were, they were on yeah. a. Uh, a yeah, Dr. Evil. Well, Austin was in the car too. Yeah. <laughs> they they yeah. were brothers, you see. Yes. That was, yes. That was a big plot point. Not Fat Bastard. Those Dutchess, they just made you so evil. (laughs) (laughs) Damn Dutch. I haven't watched that movie in a little bit. Yeah, it's been Uh, a minute. It's been a fucking minute. I think Uh, we watched it for the show like a year or two ago. (laughs) It's already too long. Can't Um, exist. Yeah, there's a second trailer for Bob's Burgers movie, um, which features some nice H. John Benjamin moans in the beginning. Um, we get a little bit of an inkling of what the plot might be. Uh, they might be behind on payments to the uh, the land that the restaurant's on, mm-hmm. um, and Bob's kind of worried about that. Kids are doing kid things. Uh, there might be aliens. <laughs> it really feels like just an extended episode of Bob's Burgers. Well, that's what they all are, really. In fact, the f- a couple of the Futurama movies got re-cut up as episodes when they oh, got okay. brought back. Um, they did actually they did a similar thing with Dragon Ball Super. Uh-huh. They made it a whole arc. Who who did who did it first? Uh, Futurama by by a solid well, decade. Superman. Well, I wonder. Uh, Superman. Well, I wonder if there was like another show that did it. Like I don't know if there's oh. like. Um, like what if Power Rangers did it or some shit? Um, I mean, kind of. So Power Rangers, the movie, supposedly serves as an alternate opening to season three of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but they did film a separate like <laughs> opening of that season that shows a completely different way they got their ninja powers. Oh. Well, they like buy it on eBay. No, they they meet Ninja and he gives them their ninja powers instead of meeting Jungle Lady who gives them their ninja powers. Oh, <laughs> yeah, very distinct elements. I get it. I get it. Ninja. Uh, speaking talks. of repeat trailers, uh, we have another maybe final trailer for Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Uh, goes into. Two multi, several two new scenes. It's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like, jump cuts. So you have to go watch a breakdown video on new rock stars to 
consume it all because everything moves way too fucking fast. But they featured Wanda. Wanda's yeah, Wanda's yeah, Wanda's more. kids. Um, it, a couple more alternates of Doctor Strange. Um, I think we see another Supreme Strange. Uh, we see possibly the Evil Strange from uh, the What If series. I think this shows the the Zombie Strange again that was in Does the TV he have spot. an evil mustache? <laughs> He's got a he's got a third CGI. Yeah, he has the eye. I uh, does he have a different goatee? I think he might have a different goatee. Might be bushier though. I you know. It it may come back. I you know I I'm not gonna study this trailer too in depth, but um, you know for those of it's it's rewarding for those who will study the bushiness of Doctor Strange's beard. In the movie, yeah. when that comes up for a millisecond, they're good. People have studied this, and that the, they follow all the lore channels, all the breakdown channels, um, where they rate every fi- every frame of this trailer on a tier list. They'll see that the third frame on t- on the tier C, you know, somewhere in the mid tiers, it'll upset everyone. By oh, they'll explain it. It's like foreshadowing for like the end of the movie. Like the bushiness mm-hmm. of that is like the like the dense structure and forest of the multiverse, mm-hmm. and how um, you really gotta like keep it trimmed, like the the TVA no, did. No, no, there needs to be like seven Doctor Stranges, and each of their facial hair styles is actually an ancient rune. Spells to out the multiverse. Buy more Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> Drink your opal tea. <laughs> no, no, no. They don't want it to get copyrighted. <laughs> oh my god. More it spells tea. out come here, boy. <laughs> boy. Uh, boy. I think is I think uh Doctor Strange's new power is imbued in a uh decoder ring <laughs> I have to use. That's where he puts a new time stone. Mm-hmm. I want Benedict Cumberbatch to be Kratos just he won't fit at all the physique not there but I want him to shave saw, his hair so we can I call him s- Baldedict Cumberbatch I saw some uh I don't know what it was exactly it was it's just a picture um of Dave Batista as Kratos and I'm like yeah no close but no I think it should be Aziz and sorry <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Come here, boy. Come that, here. That'll do it. Um, I'm chopping him up. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh, I saw the power of the dog with uh, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and that shit. And I was uh, always thrown off just every time. Because I'm like, you're n- you're not a cowboy. <laughs> Let me tell you something about a what? little little show called what the House. Fuck? And that guy, yeah. Hugh Laurie. Hugh Truck. <laughs> Turns out As he's in call in America. <laughs> well, it wasn't so much that, it was just I uh, I don't know. I've always seen him in such like like more upscale roles. Like even like Doctor Strange is like a you know, smart man, well kept, kinda composed. And to see him play this like dirty, stinky cowboy that's like kind of gay, is uh was was kind of bizarre. Mm-hmm. 
but I, it was a good movie. Homophobic. <laughs> Why would? I apparently it did have a big like homoerotic vibe to it, which I was like, "What?" Mm. It's all about toxic masculinity. Who knew that that was the genre? I mean, I, I think they. I'm guessing gay people knew. <laughs> for for the opposite, <sighs> like who? <laughs> maybe maybe cowboys are nice, but that seems to be the uh, that seems to be the the genre of choice. For uh, for talking about uh, gay narratives, I don't know. I think it's just because it's a traditionally very masculine thing. Like you know, it was the the western was the the domain of guys like Clint Eastwood and Chuck Norris for many many years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so to be subversive, it's like we got gay cowboys now, and then fucking. Heath Ledger or whoever the fuck was in Brokeback Mountain was like, I can't quit you. And then that was that was the start of it. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, Brokeback Mountain was the start of it. It felt like Brokeback. I never saw it, but it it's felt Jake like Hall very and Heath Ledger. Yeah, yeah. Brokeback. It felt very Brokeback Mountain vibes, but like it was more telling than showing. Like he would talk about the stuff, and I was like, oh, that's kind of gay. <laughs> Super gay. <laughs> But uh, no, it's just like it never like started off as that, and I was just like came out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, I, I get the message. Kind of, kind of nice acting is good, I guess. Good, good job, Power Dog. Power Dog. But you didn't win. I think Coda was better. Coda made me feel better. I don't know. Didn't make me feel things. It's didn't challenge you. It didn't make me feel things like it's what like a good movie is supposed did. to do. It's supposed to challenge you, Jay. <laughs> not, not like that. Oh. Not where, not challenge me in in those areas. I didn't. What, I didn't you like mean, that. You mean the scruffy <laughs> dad didn't do it for you? <laughs> scruffy duck oh, fishing well, sometimes. dad. Sometimes. Can that be the next? I did imagine that could be the next. Genre I did imagine. I was imagining what he was hiding in his beard. It was something. I don't know what it was, but I know he had secrets in there. It was yeah, little deaf secrets. It was the McPoyle patriarch. <laughs> <laughs> there was the secret to controlling that falcon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Remove your hat. <laughs> That's Guillermo del Toro. That's my favorite part of that entire episode. <laughs> That's accomplished director Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Oscar man. winner. I did not realize that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that was Guillermo del Toro, but it makes sense. That does look like that would be. That also would be the cameo he would choose. Yeah, yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Bring me in as, as this guy. I was watching an interview with him on like some special feature for one of those movies that I own, and uh, he's talking about like how he has all this like fucking horror memorabilia in his. Uh, mm-hmm. Room, including like a Linda Blair, like mannequin that he sits on the couch with him, and he's had I guess the cops called on him a couple times because there's this this little girl <laughs> in his fucking. Oh my god, Caramel, what are you? Slow your roll, dude. You're too powerful for the rest of us. Uh, just like Mel Brooks, oh, can... too powerful to be contained in in. You know, phys- corporeal form. <laughs> much, much like I've... many gods, he can only be represented artistically. 
as is here in Paws of Fury, The Legend of Hank. A movie now, that is also we... so powerful that they changed it from Blazing Samurai. But Yeah, so when we recorded our... This is how quickly this has all happened. When we recorded our uh, Spider-Man No Way Home review at the end of December when the movie came out... Um, <laughs> When we went off the air, Peter found this poster of Blazing Samurai. And we were like, what the fuck is this that you've shown us here? And we we determined that it was the, the Samurai movie equivalent to Blazing Saddles, just animated for some reason. Well, we finally have a trailer for pa- the now Pause of Fury, The Legend of Hank. And it is uh, not what I expected. And, uh, you know... Mel Brooks it, is it is a he's in it. Yep, it is definitely a celebrity it. payday kind of movie. Uh, you know, point in case being that there's not an official trailer out for it yet, despite it being shown in the theater trailer. Like the first result when I looked up "Pause of Fury" trailer was a theater phone camera rip of the trailer. Yeah, it's the only one that's out there that I can no see. No official distribution on this thing. Oh, shit. I didn't know Pat. I didn't know Mr. Miyagi was the emperor in uh, Mulan. That's, that's, that's pretty I, nice. That's racist. And George Takei was the first. Okay, because in the trivia for Pause of Fury, this is where this is coming from. It says, this is George Takei's fourth theatrically released animated film. After Mulan, Freebirds, and Kubo and the Two Strings. And I was like, George Takei was in Mulan? And so I clicked it, and I looked for the cast, and yes, he is in Mulan, and so is Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> I see. What's his cast? <clears throat> this cast is kind of stacked. We got Samuel Jackson, Michelle Yeoh, uh, Michael Sarah as the main character, Ricky Gervais, Mel Brooks, um, George Takai <laughs> Gabriel uh, Iglesias coming out of nowhere. Asif Mamni is in this. <sighs> oh, yeah, that's that show. Karis Bot- <clears throat> yeah, Kathy Shim. Um, uh, Jiman Huanso. I mean, he's from Guardians of the Galaxy, he doesn't have a big role, but mm-hmm. he's in that. So, I th- you know, people will say that this is is to just get actors paid and they can be in a movie. I think, you know, I think it's a little more than that. I mean, are we are we really going to talk about just celebrity pay when the real issue here is bringing down the bacon numbers of every actor here? Seeing if we can reduce their bacon numbers by having them have this many disparate actors all be in a movie together. But have any of them been in a movie with Kevin Bacon? Well, maybe not, but that's... Is that not the whole point of the Bacon number? (laughs) That they could be in a movie with someone who's been in a movie with someone who's been in a movie with Kevin Bacon. You just gotta... You just gotta find the length of Tom Cruise. So Tom Cruise is actually the key to Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's... You don't need to know anything about Kevin Bacon other than the fact that he is in A Few Good Men, which also stars Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, who collectively have co-starred with everyone in Hollywood. 
Kevin Bacon was also in a very, very good show that got canceled, unfortunately, before its untimely demise. Uh, I do not remember the name of the show. I'm looking up right now. If I can spell Kevin Baker's name right. No. <laughs> was he an R.I.P.D.? Yes, he was. He was the co-star with, with fucking uh, <clears throat> with who's the other guy? Jeff Bridges. No, Ryan Reynolds was an R.I.P.D. Oh, okay, he was, in he was the TV bad guy s- in that. Because I'm looking at his TV filmography. It says R.I.P.D. Called the following. He played Ryan Hardy, the main character. That it was about um, them trying to uh, like take down this massive cult that's like was started by. Uh, an escaped serial killer, and Ryan Hardy was like the the main guy to track him down. It's pretty good, if I remember correctly. All I know I is that he looking at this, X-Men first class. Yep, I, looking at his filmography, I have I have now learned that they are making a Toxic Avenger reboot TV show. Wait, is it a TV huh. show? Uh, no, it was a movie from the '84, but they're remaking. Well, no, it. no, I know, but is it being remade as a TV show? Like, I don't see where it's. I see. I see oh, where maybe it, says it is a movie. Adventure. Yeah. With it's got that's got Peter Dinklage, Dinklage in it. Jacob Tremblay, <laughs> Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. <laughs> the fuck is this? <laughs> With from Trauma? Oh no. <sighs> Uh, well, I guess they would have to. I guess they made the original one. Yeah, they're they're making a Peter Dinklage to- as um, the Toxic Avenger. A meek towel boy transforms into a powerful superhero after getting dumped into a vat of toxic waste. Yeah, Toxic okay. Avenger is a a terrible movie from a, a era bygone, and <laughs> just. Uh, Actually, you've seen the last blockbuster documentary, right, Jake? The guy who made the Toxic Avengers in that he's he bitches about how Blockbuster never carried any of his movies. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um Yeah, okay. So where were we all right, fuck La- last trailer we got is Marcel the Shell with shoes on. Which, yeah. goddamn, actually looks like it's going to be a pretty emotionally moving movie. They're going to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. um, this was from the earlier days of the internet. Not the early days, the earlier days. Um, but it's it's old enough that a lot of the comments here don't seem to know who he is. And that makes me yeah. feel old. <clears throat> um, he was. It was a series of video shorts about this shell with a googly eye on it. And they glued some a googly eye and some shoes, and they gave him a little voice acting. And they were little short videos, and they were real, real fucking cute. Um, and they took the world yeah. By this storm. this seems like this this could be a Paddington esque level sleeper hit. Um, and I don't throw that around lightly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that's big. That's big coming from the studs. That's a big rating coming from the studs. Mm-hmm. This is like if you're mentioned in the same breath as Paddington, like that's rarefied air. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was. I'm just fucking. 
Oh, I lost my train of thought. Damn it. Oh yeah. This was what this is what A twenty four considers this this is the only kids movie that they're gonna fucking make. Well, A twenty four sometimes, you know, will make a, a movie outside their wheelhouse, which is, you know, horror horrifying and anxiety ridden. Weird and, shit. Uh, yeah, weird shit. Uh The Disaster Artist was an A twenty four movie. Um and that I mean, there's some elements of A24-ness in the production you can feel. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely outside their typical wheelhouse. But it, it definitely seems like they got they got some good people involved with this. This feels like this is being made with uh, passion and, and a vision, which is not something I can say for every trailer that I see on this show. Um, so yeah, this is one I would, I would circle your calendar for this, especially if you've got, uh, crotch goblins running around your house, uh, June 24th <laughs> is, is the date you're going to want to circle on your calendar. Yeah. It's being, um, it, it, the, I guess the only departure from like the original internet series is that it's being viewed as like a documentary and on real, Marcel's life. And real people exist. And Marcel wants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it just seems so fucking wholesome. Um, there was a there was one shout out to to Lucas the Spider. I'm, I'm assuming that's Lucas the Spider. Oh, yeah, um, in the Stormpipe. Probably. I don't remember there being two other spiders, but I uh, uh, yeah. I am not familiar with any of the Marcel the Shell <coughs> uh, internet Lu- stuff before. Well, Lucas the Spider was like a more recent uh, TikTok and internet uh, YouTube like a version of that. Like, yeah. Like yeah, not like claim or not like stop motion or claymation, but like a lifelike spider that had a cute voice. Yeah, yeah, and and they did cute shit with it, and they popped off on on TikTok and YouTube and everywhere. People have been oogling at that. Give tiny animated character little kids voice and have them say cute things. The the movie, the franchise. the movie. Again. I don't see this formula failing. I really don't. No, it's like it's. No, like... I think this this movie is poised to be a good success. Um, to be honest with you, I think a lot of people. It's going to be critical darling. I'm sure, and a lot of people are going to see it. That's my prediction, and I don't think it may. It, it's going to cost too much, so <laughs> I think it's going to be rather profitable. Mm-hmm. Is that um? Is that? Who's the the guy who did all the music for Tarzan? Neil Diamond. Phil Collins. Phil Collins. <laughs> Neil Diamond. No, it's not Neil Diamond. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Do, 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 I, I don't do, know why do, that do, was do. a yeah. It's Phil Collins. I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, is this Phil Collins uh, as the uh, the song the the track? Uh, yes, there was a Phil Collins song, song in this. Because that's also gonna break my heart if it's mm-hmm. got like a some scores by Phil Collins. Sure. Which is, uh, I don't. I know there was a story out about him, or there was some buzz or something going on. People, the the uh, the eye, the eye of the the public was turned on him recently. You know, and he, he the Collins verse. Yeah, he's he's getting on. He's getting on years. He I, oh, you know what? He did his last show. That's what it was. He did his last live performance. Um. And you know what's funny about musicians going on their farewell tour and doing their last performance? I know, I know, but uh, <laughs> it, 
the point i guess what i was trying to lead to here was that like he is he is he is getting on um so it'll be interesting to see like i'm sure with the studio that'll be a big help um he's 71 years old uh i i guess i don't know where i was going with this just that it's interesting that he's going to be doing uh the soundtrack for this movie well, they may have just licensed one of his songs. I yeah, I think, I think they not. did. I looked up because I was curious to see if there was going to be more. Because I'd be like, this is going to possibly push it over the edge uh, of, of being amazing. Uh, and it, the music is by uh, a, a group called Disaster Piece. Um, uh, oh, which is a at music the O2 to- Arena in London. He'll have to get a real job. I guess he's got, uh, yeah. So he's, according to his son, he's definitely retired. Um, I guess he's struggling with some health issues. Disaster Peace is known for It Follows, Under the Silver Lake, and Triple Frontier. Oh, no. They're all composed. Not Triple Frontier. That was my favorite part of that movie was the score. I definitely remember the score to that movie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You've never missed a heart out before. I got to get the money. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh. I don't bears. see any more sound department. Yeah, maybe they just licensed uh, a Phil Collins song, but you know, license more. Get more. More Phil Collins. Yeah, go after his Disney shit. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I don't. I don't think there's any more um, trailers after that. There's just a bunch of repeat trailers and mm-hmm. featurettes and whatever. And yet, here we are, an hour later, ready to follow up. Hey, we had some 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 rabbit holes to explore. I'm not. And this now is we not move a knock. on. We are thorough. In depth, investigative yeah. bullshitters. It's exactly like Red Letter Media. You know, you you sit down and you watch Mike and Rich talk about two episodes of Star Trek Discovery for an hour. I thought you were gonna say Mike and Ray. <laughs> Wasn't that a fucking NPR show? I say that I knowing full well because I listened to a <laughs> lot of that. I was about to say you listen to far more NPR than anyone else here. There's a lot of car talk rattling around in my brain. And despite that, I do not own a car. <laughs> yes, I'm aware. It makes things very inconvenient for me at times. Does it? I'm sorry. <laughs> I made mean, the 40 your bike. I I invite <laughs> you out to... to take me out to lunch. When I have to drive 40 minutes, when it takes me 40 minutes to get home from Crossgates, which is like eight minutes from my house, it's a little inconvenient. You can leave me at the mall, Kurt. It's a perfectly valid move. I'll take the we just don't want to get a, home, Kurt. We just don't want to get a call from the police department like, hey, you left your kid here. Yeah, like... He, we found him rummaging around the JCPenney's clothes, hang, clothes racks. Who's inside trying to scare people? <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, come pick him up. <laughs> up here for weekend thirteen, April first through the third, twenty twenty one. 
New winner at the box office this week is Morbius, which withheld uh, the onslaught of terrible reviews to take the number one spot with a opening weekend gross of $39 million in 4,268 theaters. And uh, today worldwide, which we got another week on here. Come on, open, open for me. Open for me. Why aren't you opening for me? <laughs> I can't see how much money. Okay, there we go. $102 million worldwide. Um, $46 million. So in a, in a whole additional week, it only picked up $7 million more. Um, That's now, granted, the fall off. We don't have, granted, we don't have the weekend box office numbers yet as the weekend is still happening. But... Yeah. Um, I would predict predict a rather precipitous drop. Um, I would, you know, I think it's going to drop more than the Lost City, which dropped fifty one point seven percent. But we'll talk about that after we talk more about Morbius, because uh, it's it's flapped its little vampire wi- bat wings into our spotlight this week. Um, <laughs> physics say a bat shouldn't fly, but it just beats its part, fat, part fat little body. Wants- <laughs> Part of me wants to like do a deep dive on this and like review it, but I don't really want to see this movie at all. I'm totally fine with just making this the movie that we entirely skip. When it comes to, uh, I don't know, Bravia Core, well, I guess. <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it's Sony. Where would it come to? So Sony does have its own streaming service. It's called Bravia Core, but it's only available, available on Sony Bravia TVs as of right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the most Sony thing I've ever heard. <laughs> right when Sony tried to push its own memory card format for its devices, remember Memory Stick? It's it's like they're coming out with their own streaming service that's like only like it's a niche streaming service. Like you can only get it on like the PSP, PlayStation Five, and Sony TVs. It's like, dude, I would fucking. I would, uh, buy a ps5 if i could get bravia core because apparently bravia core has like the most pimping video quality of any streaming service probably because they only have to service a small number of users because <laughs> <laughs> who has a sony fucking tv <laughs> how many people we can ha- they ha- uh, they can hand deliver the data to you because i feel like if you're gonna pay for a sony tv you just get a, a samsung instead well, I or mean, if you want to their... go cheap, you go with like a Roku. I've heard good Roku, things like about, about the uh, the like X90J. Um, I was in the market for a TV recently, so I know know a lot about what's out there. And uh, Sony's got some decent TVs, but uh, they all yeah, like I was just looking for a cheap one. Do weird things with motion. Um, anyway. Morbius has a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb, a 17% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and some Russian... <laughs> this is the three fucking things that come up on Google. IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and some fucking Russian outlet <laughs> that I've never heard of before. Huh. I that, that gave it a 5.3 out of 10. Um, I didn't know movies were still coming out in Russia. <laughs> Oh, it looks Cyrillic. I don't know that it actually is Russian. Um, Slava Ukraine. 
Kinopuski. Yeah, can't even fucking pronounce it. But anyway, you know the routine. We don't give a fuck about what these those people think. They're not real. We can't see them. Yeah, I can't see them. We they can't feel them. We can't get inside their head like you can with the fine folks who take it take it upon themselves to write very heartfelt, very accusatory reviews in the IMDb user review section. <laughs> uh it takes a certain level of passion to decide that this is something you want to do with your life, which is why we feel that they are the truest reviewers in the world, other than us, of course. Um, but uh, let's lead off here with uh, PNK PRI Pink Princess, I think is, is what it's supposed to be, but it's PNK PRINSES 309. People are lying. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Review. Strong Warning. Open. Spoilers. I didn't see any spoilers in here, um, so that's why I picked it. Uh, people are spoiled now. Now a days. <laughs> Have you seen any DC movies? Question mark. <laughs> I saw this in D-Box, and it was amazing. Yes, there was blood. I'm hemophobic. I noticed. <laughs> Yes. Don't be a hemophobe. There were Yes, there were good character arcs. Have you ever met a disabled person? Question mark. <laughs> I am one. Here, this person's a mess. We try not to be depressed. Have you met a we also hate. I am one. We also hate bullies. Yes, the action scenes were good. They weren't all blurry. The powers were fleshed out and shown perfectly. The acting of Leto was astounding. I don't understand the hate for this. Uh, These are all separate sentences. Uh, you ever uh, bully, it's not the best. It's not the best Marvel movie, and it would have been better if MCU did it. But oh my God, people are too much. Nineteen out of thirty-eight found that helpful. <laughs> You ever met a disabled person? I am one. <laughs> Speaking of disabled people, I think Mamad Noban97 might be one with his one out of ten review saying, Best moving picture ever in the history of Homo sapiens? Oh. Let's find out. The this truly one of the movies of the decade. Move over, Batman. The real bad king is here to fuck shit up. This is the most movie ever. <laughs> this movie has already sold one trillion tickets in only one week and has fresh 169% on <laughs> Ron Tomato. What are you waiting for? <laughs> Go watch this masterpiece of human creation. 10 out of 17 found that oh. helpful. Those are those are rookie numbers because that was so good. You got to make the you got to bring the the, the, the sarcastic positive review. It's not one you see every day. It's not a, it's not a story most Jedi would tell you. Uh we got this. We, 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 we got this 5 out of 10 here from from Gibson 20,030. Uh, the famous sequel to to John Boyce's movie, 2020. 
Um, and he's with, he, I'm going to deliver this to you. He's got a checklist here that he checked off, and I'm going to deliver this to you in ASMR fashion. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, back and forward trash. It has the horrible origin story. Check. It has the standard fight scenes. Check. It has awful acting. Check. Story so weak and dull. Check. Some parts you will ask yourself if you went to Batman instead of Morbius. Check. Some parts will leave you riddled as it doesn't make any sense. Check. Why is Gerard Leto so awkward in this movie? He generally acts well, but has bombed out bad there. I really do think Marvel has had their time in the limelight and should start to taper off before they destroy the whole franchise with trash after trash productions. Two out of two. If I went through these reviews, what do you think the percentage of people that don't realize this is a Sony movie and not a Marvel Studios movie? How high so, do you think that would be? It's got to be. It's got to be twenty plus. Twenty plus percent. Yeah. Um, but the, just the pare the Pareto principle, or the Paletto principle. The eighty twenty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just like the Pareto principle says that you should use eighty twenty for all your building materials. I I swear to God, um, they're going to like you know how parents our parents would all call every video game a Nintendo. Like yeah. we're gonna be old, and uh, our kids are gonna watch any superhero movie. Are you watching that Marvel movie? <laughs> any mo- every movie will become Marvel movie. <laughs> are you watching that Marvel movie? It's Citizen Kane, Dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. D- turn off the Marvels. Come to dinner. All right. Aim Access has a. Uh... A 10 out of 10 review here. It's not a garbage superhero movie. To me, it's an okay. (laughs) That's it. That's the title. (laughs) I don't understand why this movie gets hated. But yes, that way the story, randomly capitalized the story, is pretty simple. Predictable. But for me, the horror scene is great. Round opponent. Good CGI. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the visuals really surprise. <laughs> Round opponent. <laughs> I'm I'm ready. Enjoy it. <laughs> Maybe many can't accept this film because of its storyline. Easy. <laughs> yes! Exclamation mark. <laughs> I'm angry. Why so many scenes in trailer don't come included in this movie? Question mark. <laughs> 60% of scenes in movie trailer are not dimmed. <laughs> Parenthetical A can last two hours more. That invites anger. That fan. <laughs> they use Spider-Man to do more to do what movie promotion is. <laughs> Did Charlie Kelly write this? <laughs> The part that disappointed me was the last credit scene. Why? Just why? Turn off continues. Parentheses five. <laughs> so my rating for this movie 
is seven slash letter O. <laughs> Star. Please it's fun. A fun popcorn movie. If you can digest the movie Venom, let there be carnage means you can digest need movies. <laughs> I will send you this. You know, so we say- do. So, Thank you. That was a journey. I didn't realize that was going to be that hard to read. <laughs> you know, we say, uh, we don't just, we're not, we, we mean it when we say that these movies, these reviews are made by by real people. Even if those people are real robots. Real robot <laughs> people making their first reviews as the robots learn literacy. We have to support we have to sort support BSL classes. Binary is a second language classes in America if we want to support our robot population. Our robopulation, if you will. <laughs> Row people <laughs> count to. Uh, um so this is a bit of a long one. Um but it's uh it's cool because it's by a couple of reviewers, Jordan and Eddie, the movie guys. Um so they're actually, and I looked up their profile, they're pretty, they've been IMDb member for like 16 years. So they've been doing this a minute. They've been rapping. Yeah. So one out of ten, a toothless and inept Marvel offering. And also I'll preface it with, yes, this is still a Marvel picture, but I think the blame should be more put on Sony than Marvel. I think uh, Marvel is just in name only. Uh, just offer up the character by Eddie Baggins. And he says... <laughs> Delayed a total of six times on its way to its eventual release this week around the world. Sony and Marvel's collaboration to bring its anti-hero Dr. Michael Morbius to life appeared to be one of those cursed productions that was doomed from the start. And upon seeing this toothless and spineless comic book adaptation on the big screen, it's safe to say that the world would have been far better off had Morbius stayed delayed permanently. An incredibly inept feature from director Daniel Espinosa who somehow keeps getting Hollywood films to make with significant budgets and the name brand cast, despite never actually directing good film. Morbius feels far removed from most brands associated with the Marvel name, as its $75 million budget is nowhere to be found on screen as a blur of video game like CGI, amateurishly scripted scenes, and poorly acted characters hog the film's lifeless 100-minute runtime, that can't come to an end quick enough. Falling, failing as an origin story with Michael's entire history set up in one cringeworthy flashback scene, an unnerving vampire tale, and an action comic book film, it's hard to know what Morbius thought it was doing with its potentially entertaining uh, material. As Espinosa lets his leading man, Jared Leto, flounder in yet another high-profile role that begs us to ask the question about his talent as a Hollywood leading man, while as he, as a director ensures that Morbius is nothing but an enigma of a character lost in a diabolical story that's hard to recall even mere minutes from walking out of the cinema. Sometimes with films that fail as badly as Morbius, does does their snippets of what might have been found within them moments that show not all hope was lost at all times, but there's not that case with Espinosa and Leto's blockbuster that truly has no moments of escape from its grim, shaky, cam-filled 
collation of cinematic rubbish. Uh, these guys are Australian too, by the way. So try to imagine an Australian accent with all oh, of yeah, 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 yeah. You're not going to take that rubbish. step after all we've gonna, been no, through. With... That is that the sacred cow. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Now with the six paragraph century, I can't do an Australian accent with this. Uh, Cinematic rubbish with only slight glimpse of a better film coming from Mass Mist villain Milo. Yes, that is what he is called throughout most of the film. Milo. With with the well-liked one-time Doctor Who at least appearing to have fun with his role while everyone else is about as enthusiastic as a bloodsucker heading into their coffin for a daytime nap. Undoubtedly developed by Sony and Marvel to play a key role in the future with both Venom and Spider-Man properties, it's hard to imagine how anyone will get excited coming away from this movie when it comes to the prospect of more Morbius being present in the biggest movie brand name going around and despite an attempt at mid credits to mid credits to get audiences enthused by what may lay in store for Leto's charisma and free biochemist in the near future the most uh, most will be merely rushing to the exit door to escape what is quite possibly the worst marvel film we've seen yet final say things never looked up for the good old poor morbius but not even the most pessimistic of pundits could expected the film quite as bad as one we got here. The DOA offering without purpose, intent, and creativity, Marvel would do would do well to ensure Morbius never awakens again from a very long hidden away slumber. One and a half a bag out of five. A one and a half a blood bag out of five. So that was that was it. They tore this shit apart i i also want to give give a little golf clap for jake for finally achieving what is a milestone on the show and having a real review in the one out of tens you know that was part of the reason why i wanted to finally read something because it also wasn't just like shitting and joking on it the entire time because like i've seen shit like this where people just like vent about wokeism and I'm like, ah, that no, I could, I could do that, but a shorter one. <laughs> Want something real? Thank you, Jordan and Eddie, for writing a real one out of ten. Tebow here. These are the reviewers we wanted. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, the temptation to do the Australian accent now is, is so strong. I will refrain today <laughs> uh, because we got this uh, five out of ten here from Dan Chilton. Oh, it's Dan Chilton. Uh, nine one uh, seven one nine five five. Remember the number, um, or don't. I'm not. Don't don't worry about it. Uh, five out of ten. Snorbius. <laughs> Morbius shares a lot in common with its Sony Spider-Man less verse cousin Venom in that it's messy, unfocused, and has clearly been hacked to bits in the editing room. What it doesn't have is the charm of Tom Hardy arguing with himself and doing his impression of Jim Carrey in The Mask. What you get instead is a passable but drab rendition of a mid-90s comic book movie. Think way short of Blade, but better than a Spawn. Frustratingly, there are seeds of a much better movie here had the filmmakers invested in the time in developing any of the threads they have going on. There is some actually quite gruesome body horror on show, Matt Smith was made for it. 
and they had leaned into it a little bit more. Uh, and had they leaned into it a little bit more, we could have had a genuine, genuinely unique superhero flick on our hands. But there is also an interesting gothic tragedy buried in here. But Morbius and best friend Loxias' relationship is left pitifully underdeveloped, so their parting ways parting of ways means nothing to the viewer. The script really needed to spend more time on hammering home their closeness and less on forcing a pointless romance with a female colleague. They may as well put up some text on screen saying, Look, Morbius is just friends with another guy, okay? There's nothing gay going on here. Relax. The film isn't a complete disaster, and Lino does a pretty good job of giving Michael some personality, but the absence of any meaningful stakes leads to a fairly boring hour and a half, with the whole thing feeling like something Sony wanted to get out of the way in their quest for some sort of team-up movie in the future. That's a two two out of two. It started... I was going. I was trying to find a goofy one, and that started off goofy, and then turned into a real review. From it a turned real into reviewer. a serious review. You got uh, you got hoodwinked. I I got snaggledore. Sometimes these these creatures on IMDb user views really do surprise us. Mm, they're they're and, complex and people. I'm the IMD. Per- that's why we. They're that's not why we- a monolith. They're not. You have to take your starter oh. reviewer and you go out into the wild IMDb and you got to catch all the that, reviewers and put in the tall in. grass. You got to go into the tall, <laughs> tall grass. I wasn't thinking of Pokemon. I was thinking bread. I was like, what? You take your starter reviewer and make some uh, starter sourdough. I bread? mean, <laughs> keep on keep on adding yeast and feeding it. They are. I, would, really I wouldn't believe that many of these that, reviewers like, are created from fermented fungus. Yeah, is anyone else really uncomfortable that sourdough starters are like eighty-five years old? <laughs> some, yeah, yeah, some, some can be like that. It's like it, we shouldn't be eating stuff made from. This. It's, it do be like that sometimes. Though. I like, well, well, I like, like my bread like the ship of Theseus. <laughs> Just the whole the town added some flour and water and fed it. One's gonna like bust Pass out like around. a little shop of horrors. Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> so that I need a burp. That uh, <laughs> so those are the reviews for the top movie this week in the na- or last that's, week. That's Morbius, baby. Even <laughs> even the ten out of ten reviews don't seem too convinced of its quality. All right, in the number two spot we have the Lost City sliding down one spot from last week, bringing another fourteen point seven million dollars down nearly fifty two percent, but opening in thirty more theaters. Curiously enough, uh, sixty six million dollars for Paramount. The Batman continues its slide down another spot this week, eleven million dollars down forty six point three percent, and leaving theaters at a pretty good clip down two hundred. 53 of those, or 35, didn't really see. But it has crossed $700 million worldwide, so it's it's made its fair share of money. It's actually made a little more money international than domestic, but it, I've, it's a pretty even split, which is uncommon. Mm-hmm. Usually, there's a lot more money in the international iconic. market, obviously, yeah. because there's more people internationally than there are in the U.S., mm. Uh, Uncharted remains in fourth, down another 27%, good enough for $3.6 million. 
It's made $378 million worldwide. Mm -hmm. Jujitsu Kaisen Zero, the movie, in its third week, still hanging around. $1.97 million. Can we just get this shit out of theaters? It's made $154 million worldwide. $124 million of that. They're going to give this a proper movie uh uh movie run box office run triple r craters three spots oof from last week down 83% it wasn't oh no not RRR. it wasn't the cashmere RRR. files i guess 1.613 yeah, ain't no cashmere files if that's one thing we know about RRRRR, is not the Cashmere Nothing Files. truly can be the Cashmere Files. Not even the so. Cashmere Files. <laughs> There'll be reviews <laughs> not for the for the Cashmere Files saying, Cashmere Files forever. This movie sucks. It's no Cashmere <laughs> Files, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home comes in a scant $200,000 under Triple R in its second week, and it 16th week for No Way Home. That has yet to cross $1.9 billion. I don't think it's going to get there. It needs like $9 million more. Yeah, we're finally well, in the maybe. tail. I don't know. If it's still bringing it, it's still in 1,700 theaters after 16 weeks. I guess we can't. They really, should re release it. I guess we can't really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't re-release it if it never goes away. <laughs> no, they they re-release it. They just say there's two Spider-Mans. They say there's an added scene. An they just edition. add in some yeah. deleted scenes. They're waiting until they can release it again for Christmas. Like what they did with Endgame, where they just added in some like unfinished Hulk scenes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like do some do some director's cuts. Fuck yeah, that's how you get it. God, can you imagine if like that became a common practice? For like these Marvel movies, I'd be so upset. Uh, be so annoying. Oh, excuse me. <sighs> Dog. Dog is an eighth. <laughs> Seventh week, one point three one million dollars. Everything, everywhere, all at once has climbed up into the top ten after premiering in thirteenth last week. It's in a whole thirty-eight theaters now. Up twenty eight from the previous the, week. Can we talk about the numbers on this? There's, there's. I have there's heard fuckery. great things about this. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, it, it looked like a fun movie. I could see it being really enjoyable. I don't think it looks like a fun movie, but it, it's probably good. Like <laughs> people are putting this as like the best movie of the like the month well, of the that, year of life. Mm -hmm. I guess that explains why it's getting $28,000 per theater. It's got a 9 on yeah. IMDb. It's got a 9.7 critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I don't think the box office... I don't think the box office mojo is... I, I think they broke it. I think they hacked the Gibson here. Um, what are you talking about? Everything everywhere. It's in, 20, it's in 38 theaters. Yeah. But it's making... Like it made a million dollars this week. I'm saying that I've never seen a per theater take of twenty eight thousand dollars. I've never seen it break ten thousand dollars. Well, I think it's I think it's the limited release for like the reviewers. 
And this is one that I think a lot of so reviewers is, are starting this is to the kind of movie. want to review. So I think the, the idea behind a rolling release schedule like this is you get it on the big markets where the movie snobs are going to see it. And then they'll talk it up. Yeah. And then when it goes out into more theaters, people will be like, oh, I've heard good things about that movie. Let's go I mean, see look it. At, right. But unless they're selling it at, at $20 a ticket, like $30 a ticket, and then also fill every one of the theaters in, I don't know how the box office numbers get that high. So it can be in. So that's just number of theaters, right? It doesn't necessarily constitute number of screens in the theater. So if it's like a 16 screen theater and it's playing on 10 of the screens. <laughs> I'm just saying it's possible. Mathematically, it's possible. I guess. Yeah, I don't know where these, this is being released. Like, is it? I want to. Also, maybe is it like for the entire day? Like for the entire yeah, day? Just ticket like, this sales is how many? In total. So it's not like. It plays on one screen in one showtime at the theater. It it still is a lot of fucking it money. It is a I lot mean, of money. I'm not debating it's not a lot of money. Yeah, I'm is, just saying we've seen so... numbers similar to that before. And mathematically, it's possible. <laughs> well, I'm glad it's possible. you got to give young movies the dreams. So they can grow up to be whatever I... they want to be. And they can grow up to be everything, everywhere all at once. Let's see. When did all right? When did uh? When did Spider Man come? Yeah, all right. January seventh. Is this what it was? No. Because that was June. I'm just trying to find out like if there's another average per theater take that's even even remotely close. I mean, uh, it usually it happens. You usually see it like we see it a lot with the Bollywood movies. You know, they make three million dollars in like six theaters. Oh, Peter, I think, I think, I think it's it's kind of normal. I mean, it's just a very popular movie. I think this is like the like Batman average per theater take on opening weekend was thirty thousand. All right. So, it it might be a case where like like a couple theaters are just like playing it all day long and like have a couple of theaters, a couple screens showing it. Could be. I, or it could be like the only theaters in like markets where tickets are like 25 bucks a pop, like in New York city. That's how much it costs to see a movie. Could be that too. Yeah. 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 Well, I think I'm sure LA is not much better. We need to watch the googly eye multiverse movie. Like right now, I can go see it at Cinemark Egyptian Twenty Four. There's three showings, but at the Charles Theater, there's five showings. There's three showings at Crossgates. There's three showings at Colony Center. But they may be rolling it They're out to large audiences this week. This yeah, I think I think it's in wide release now because it's in like all four of the theaters around here. Yeah, it's everywhere. And uh, Albany, New York is not exactly a huge movie market. Mm-hmm. Oh, Google, I wish All I could go while. back in time. <laughs> um, I know the channel might enter uh, Ashley Schaefer there. 
All right, so that's uh, X rounds out the top 10, falling four spots from last week, down 53.1%, and out of 1,100 theaters already in just the third week. Did not have staying power. X did not give it to audiences, but it made $11 million, and I'm sure it's its budget was less than that. What is X budget? Budget. Uh, that is X... <laughs> X movie. <laughs> it does make me sad that Morbius made a hundred and two million, and they had a seventy-five million dollar budget, so they probably made their money back. Um, not when you factor in advertising, not yet. Uh, they probably will. They, I mean, they 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 probably will after. Well, I, I don't know. I, if we're expecting like the big drop off, but I'm expecting. Something. I don't know after toys and shit like that. Um, Merchandising. <laughs> I just want them to. I just want Morbius to die. Toys. You can't. He's a he's a vampire. <sighs> That's literally the 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 idea, right? It's, he's the he's living vampire. Morbius. Unfortunately toys. for all Let's of us. See. Can we get a Morbius with real blood squirting action? He just <laughs> has wasn't a even that in the movie. Inside no. Him. You can squeeze his leg. <laughs> Just gotta change the ketchup batch every every time you do it. All right, uh, that's the follow up. Let's quickly talk some gaming news here. Um, so there's a new Lego Star Wars out, and if you try to Anakin Skywalker some children, uh, <laughs> you get to see a uh, surprisingly useful exploit. Um, Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga adheres to the old video game tradition of preventing the players from killing children. If you whack them with a lightsaber, they take the impact from the hit, but don't pop into Lego bits like other enemies in the game. So naturally, players are comboing young Anakin Skywalker and other kids from one part of the map to the other to save time. <laughs> oh my god! That's the speedrunning strat. <laughs> oh my god! There's a there's a gimme cat of it here. Oh my god! <laughs> um, let me, uh... The other exploit I saw was uh, if you pick Mandal- uh, Mando, you automatically get Baby Yoda as your party. So you can swap Baby Yoda for another character, and it'll um, like you or you swap it for Mando again, and then it gives you another Baby Yoda. So you can duplicate characters and then change them all at once somehow. So you can have like a an army of the same character. So you can just you can have uh, Anakin with the five hundred one. Yeah, um, people are calling it um, fucking uh, Lego may cry mm-hmm. <laughs> because of the yeah. combo system. <laughs> it's a technique called child flight. I like it so good. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking. Oh god, I love it. <laughs> so great. Apparently, people have been. Going crazy about that game. Yeah, apparently it. I've seen I've seen a lot of good things about it. Um, it's it's a great evolution to the Lego Star Wars games from from our youth. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy that it's, it's doing that. Uh, GOG is returning to its good old games roots with a collection highlighting everything from Age of Wonders to Zork. Um, as we all know, in 2012, the online retailer, formerly known as Good Old Games, rebranded itself as GOG and began selling current releases while promising to remain committed to DRM3 distribution 
In the absence of original pricing, while GOG continued adding older games to the catalog, they sat alongside more up-to-date releases. Um, that's not changing, but uh, there is a new bundle they're selling, um, which has, includes beloved games like Planetscape Torment, Heroes of Might and Magic 3, The Curse of Monkey Island, Theme Hospital, System Shock 2, love System Shock, uh, Blade Runner, and Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines. Those, those are the big ones. That's that it's good also stuff. a slightly rude reminder that games like Dragon Age Origins and Fallout New Vegas are more than 10 years old and apparently past the event horizon by which games are allowed to be counted as classics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's true, though. Hell yeah, man. Dragon Age Origins came out in 2009. That was 11 years ago. Actually, 13 years ago. Fuck me. The Yankees haven't won the World Series in 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think about it. Whoa, Remedy is remaking Max Payne 1 and 2. Um, great games. The the bullet time revolutionaries that they are. Uh, the, but they're going to get rid of some those of the best PC faces. games of the early 2000s. The Xbox version of Max Payne 1 and 2 were pretty good, too. Um, and this this came out of nowhere. Genuinely came out of nowhere. Uh, there is actually... Max Payne's kind of been in the news twice recently because there was a mod that came out or just finished recently for Max Payne 1 and 2 that turns them from third-person shooters into first-person shooters. And people were having a lot of fun with that. Um, but now, three days ago, Remedy was just like, hey, these games are kind of hard to play on new hardware. We're going to be remaking them. So now we've got that to look forward to. Uh, I wonder if it's going to be like a remake, like a complete like Resident Evil style remake where they completely overhaul the game engine and the graphics and all that, or if it's going to be more of a remaster where they just kind of port it to a more modern engine so it runs better on newer computers and, uh, you know, just up-res the graphics a little bit. Mm. Um, Max Payne 2 introduced the Havoc physics engine which was pretty groundbreaking at the time and was used for several years afterwards. Um, it's uh, it's something I'm looking forward to. I, I really recommend everyone play Max Payne 1 and 2. It's actually probably easier to play on Xbox or PS2 or whatever because it is a pain in the ass to get running on PC. <laughs> it's doable, but it's a pain in the ass. Um, so recently... This uh, week, there was an Unreal 5 engine Superman flight demo that just blew the fuck up on Twitter. And now the creator of that flight demo wants to make it into a game. So Unreal Engine 5, I guess, is out of early access now. Um, and people have been playing around with the tools, and there is a uh, pretty gnarly, pretty cool... Um, concept piece coming in. I, get, I don't know what you would call it. Tech demo, I suppose. Of a little android man flying around like Superman. And everyone's like, oh my god, that's so awesome. Like, fuck, dude. I want that to be a game. The creator's like, yeah, I want that to be a game too. Warner Brothers, 
Give me your Superman IP. <laughs> we'll take out um, the onion rings. We'll make it work. They're a technical artist at Amber cool. Studio, a contract game development ed- agency headquartered in Romania. They were able to build a custom city layout, drop in a humanoid character model from another sample project, and make it fly like Superman. Or, I guess it, it's based on the, the tech from the Matrix game, so I guess it's more like Neo at the end of the <laughs> original Matrix. Um, tweet has been shared over 3,500 times since Wednesday, and Volod announced that they want to turn the idea into an actual game just without any copyright infringing references to Superman. <laughs> Um, I, it's pretty impressive. Unreal Engine, everything I've seen from Unreal Engine 5 has looked pretty fucking impressive. So I'm excited to see, uh, The Witcher 4, which is going to run on Unreal, um, 5. It's probably going to be the first big AAA game that I want to play on Unreal 5. But, uh, maybe there'll be others in the meantime. Still looks pretty cool. Uh, the Quarry, which is a game we talked about. It's Supermassive's upcoming narrative-driven slasher adventure in the vein of uh, Dead by Daylight? I think? Quarry. I, they've, they've, they've done others. I don't remember if it's Dead by Daylight or... But, but the point is that there's going to be a movie mode. So even if you don't like playing video games, you can still watch it as like a horror movie, which I think is oh interesting. Oh. But... That's cool. Um, we're paying sixty bucks for a movie at that point. <laughs> like I don't, I don't. Huh. It's it's an interesting idea, I guess. I I guess there's been like super easy difficulties in video games before, but if you're if you're stripping away all the interactivity of it, like Wait, that kind of defeat yeah. The so you would just watch it, and it would, the game would play itself. All right, well, let's, I guess let's read on, I guess. The quarry announced in March by developer Supermassive is essentially a teen slasher flick made into a narrative adventure. A group of counselors decides to have a party on the last night of camp, and who boy, do things go wrong? Classic teen behavior. The cliched horror flick vibe is further nailed down by some fun cast, including David Arquette from Scream, Lance... Henriksen from Alien and Lynn Shane from A Nightmare on Elm Street and Ted Raimi from Creepshow. That's uh, Sam Raimi's brother. Uh, one of them. He has two. He has an older brother, Ivan, and then his younger brother, Ted. Uh, each of the nine counselors in the game is playable and can be saved or killed off depending upon the choices you make. However, how you develop in their relationships with other characters in the game and how you react when things go sideways. But if you're a horror fan, you'd rather just kick back and enjoy the show. New IGN preview reveals that the quarry has a quote-unquote movie mode option that will let you do just that. Movie mode offers three options for passive participants. Everyone lives, everyone dies, and director's chair, which enables players to adjust the behavior of each character in specific situations when under pressure in conversation, that sort of thing, before letting the action unfold. I would guess that movie mode would be used more as a post-game tool by people who have completed the game in more traditional fashion at least once. Yeah, that's 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 a pretty interesting idea, actually. I like the idea of a director's mode, where you can be kind of like, all right, this is your character's motivation, kid. <laughs> We're rolling. Check okay. the gate. <laughs> yeah, this this kind of reminds me of, like, it's like uh, it feels like a cheat code kind of functionality where 
I, you know, anyone who's played early 2000s, late 90s games know that, you know, you could say cheat codes like make the game non-interactive and simplify everything, but if you use it as an extra, as a nice little, uh, you know, an add-on, uh, you know, added value kind of bonus mode. Yeah. Honestly, fucking oh. around with cheat codes in the uh, like PS2 era, the six gen consoles, Grand Theft Auto games is like one of the reasons why those games are so beloved. Mm-hmm. It's fucking around with like the jetpack and the you know hostile civilians and civilians have rocket launcher shit. And like there are a lot of other games like Minority Report. I've talked about the Minority Report video game before. Like. I remember nothing of it as a game. I just remember how fun it was to turn on all the fucking cheat codes and just yeah. ragdoll at the enemies. <laughs> and it's like, um, you know, it's like that's like Sims, where you know you sometimes you just do the fucking around stuff, um, you know, how, or like level editors. You know, there I don't know. There are some games where it's just like the level editor is better than the main game. You know, I so I think this is one of those kind of features. Yeah, I think you know when when they said movie mode, I was like, "Huh," <laughs> but the explanation of it makes a little more sense. All right, Miss um, Pac-Man is being written out of Pac-Man history. Uh, now she's Pac-Mom oh, no. due to an ongoing dispute over the rights of the character. Miss Pac-Man <sighs> has been removed from a re-release of Pac-Land and replaced what well, looks like a new permanent switch with the character called Pac-Mom. Um, are we, so are we gonna have filths now? So here's the thing about Miss <laughs> Pac-Man, is that Miss Pac-Man was created like as a rogue thing. Like mm. Namco didn't authorize it. <laughs> um, I don't remember the exact details of the split, but basically one of the companies that was uh, making arcade cabinets uh, wanted a bigger cut. It was Midway, I think. Yeah, wanted a bigger cut of uh the money so they made their own pac-man s game and called it miss pac-man but for obvious legal reasons that did not sit well with panda and hamco so they sued the shit out of them and uh miss gained ownership over miss pac-man uh dark souls multiplayer tags disappear from steam and fans are now getting nervous that the multiplayer functionality which was temporarily suspended in january won't be coming back um i don't know from software very well but uh i would if i were a betting man i would say that i wouldn't hold your breath for multiplayer to be restored Um, yeah, it was actually, I pulled this article when Kaylee was down and she's like, no, that's the best part of Dark Souls. And I was like, well, it luckily, you know, it's PC, so there will be custom servers. There will be a way to get multiplayer back. Yeah. Um, well, it seems like, it seems like From Software is probably going to go full send on Elden Ring. Well, um, that's the moneymaker right now. They sold a shit ton of copies. They sold like, sold like 12 million copies. And probably more now because I think that was an older number. Um, <clears throat> there's still a lot of people playing it. Uh, there's like stories of people doing like no hit builds, speed runs, um, <laughs> and the way they do their new game plus afterwards is really nice. So you can play it again. Like I've, I'm not even done with the game, which I, I said I'd have my review, which I technically can probably review it. But 
Um, I'm not even done with it, and I'm looking forward to going through and playing it again with a different character and like challenging myself a little bit more. Okay, we can push that. Off. Uh, yeah, it. I mean, I could probably review it. I, I, I'm probably not going to like say anything about the ending, yeah, and I know kinda... the ending kind of is pretty good. We're, but uh, yeah. um, I can. I can save it for for another time and yeah. give a full fledged. We're running review. a little little long today. So, uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about the movie this week. Let's talk about Sonic the Hedgehog two. Yeah, hell yeah! Let's it's... go! Let's go! Gotta go fast. He said the thing. Oh yeah. Yeah, he did say I gotta go fast. So, um, so initial thoughts. I would say it is a worthy sequel. I mm-hmm. think I liked the first one a little bit better. Did a better job of focusing its time and energy in the right places. This one, um, they just spent way too much time on the human characters and not like yeah. the human characters you care about. Like if it was just Cyclops and his wife then, you know, that's fine. But they brought in her sister and spent way too much time on the fake marriage subplot. And, Mm -hmm. like, when that scene was going on in the middle of, like, everything else, and it really did a... It just de-escalated the tension. Uh, it, they were like fishing for like jokes from adults. They were just fishing for like parent jokes, and be like, "Haha, I would be mad too." This was, I, you know what? But this is a character that no one gives a shit about. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I, yeah, nothing no, against right. the actress or anything. Mm-hmm. She's fine. But this is a character that had a bit part as the disapproving sister in the first movie, and had like a total of eight minutes of screen time. We did not need to double her screen time in this movie. Yeah. I, 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 I'd I, be really interested to see how this played out in, like, one, the writing room, and two, the editing room. Because I am convinced that um, even if the CG isn't there or the actual models weren't developed, like, the scenes that, uh, were, that should be in here were existed at some point. Um, I feel like they had their time budget and their their um, you know their coverage, and they just chose a different arrangement that left out some things and put in a little too much of other things. Um, the pacing is a little choppy, you know. It, in regards to the main plot, they kind of they they move pretty quick through the main plot, and then they drag a little bit on some of the side stories. Um, yeah, and just a refocusing could. I feel like if yeah. you trimmed out ten minutes of like, I appreciate the reference to gun existing, and, um, mm. you know that sort of thing. But you could have done that in a more concise way. Like, if you wanted yeah. to have the fake wedding reveal, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Whatever, but like, don't spend the additional fifteen minutes on. Like those two characters, like like I even or, or like I even like the, the aspect of where he where he ruins a w- wedding. Like I liked that aspect. It was funny. It was it was mm-hmm. you know kind of cringy and like, but it offered a good moment where it shows how he cares about Sonic. 
which is fine, but like all the leading up aspects to it, like like him playing tennis with them and and seeing the squad and trying to like relate that to Sonic just kind of felt unnecessary and I, felt like you could have done that in an easier I way. Think I know why like that whole bunch of scenes was in there and it relates to the survey that we took after um because <laughs> one of the survey a bunch of the survey questions were like are you like a are you a christian like do i do you identify as like a christian like household and That's what so do you want to see like do you want to see like wholesome family values like there was a lot of that kind of line of um well there was some stuff and there were some I, questions about what what yeah. did you want to see in the movie and like some of it was like the human character sonic's human companions and whatnot um which you know the this seems like information that probably should have been put out before the final cut of the movie mm-hmm. they're i think um, they're cl- they're probably collecting for yeah. sonic 3 for sure yeah um but the whole wedding scene there because i think they they had the joke my theory is that they had that joke first where sonic crashes the wedding but then they said, oh... That's in the trailer, yeah. Yeah. And the fa- yeah. they probably had the gun in the fake wedding thing, too. And then someone from yeah. marketing said, oh, but you can't have them, like, call off the wedding. We need, like, family... You can't... You have to bring them together as a family. Like, we have to have, like, a wholesome wedding thing. So they have spoilers. I, I know this... <laughs> This is spoilers. This has like this. very little to do with the plot of the movie that you yeah. give a shit about. <laughs> so I'm okay have... spoiling this because it literally does not impact anything that Sonic, <laughs> Knuckles, or Tails do in yeah. the fucking least. It's a weird digression. So the the whole point of these series of scenes is like the marriage, the ceremony was fake, but the love is real, and they're gonna have a real marriage and then become a real nuclear family, like how. <laughs> Like how the our, our our main cast is is a very happy nuclear family in a nice house in in uh, Middle America, every everywhere America, <laughs> and Sonic is he's a little rambunctious, but he respects his his parents and he earns the love of his father. Well, he he gets comfortable with that being the relationship. Yes, and that yeah. was a good moment. I like that. Like that's fine, I, but like yeah, if you would just cut out like ten minutes of of the unnecessary digressions with the human characters, I think this movie would have been a lot but the, stronger. Yeah. But then you couldn't have made the references to Four Seasons. Get a Mai Tai. <laughs> have a Mai Tai. Yeah, Four Seasons. I I you couldn't have the multiple references. It wouldn't have been. It, it wouldn't have been the Sonic movie if it didn't have obnoxious product placement. It's something well, like we. Yeah, like we were saying when we came out of the theater, it's fine in this movie because it's generally a more comedic tone and it's played for comedy. Like it's like, oh yeah, this is a very blatant yeah. uh, product placement, but they're kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudging it. Like it still exists. It's still product placement. It's still blatant, but they're kind of like trying to play it off as a yeah. joke. It's not like whatever the Transformers with Mark Wahlberg was, where the Bud Light truck <laughs> gets dumped over and in the middle of saving the world. Mark Wahlberg pauses to crack open a Bud Light and take a drink. Uh, I I I groaned the same when he like reached for the Oreo thins, but at least that was a little less egregious. Yeah. And like pan on the Oreo display and and grab Oreo thins and and then have the shot and customer. For Sonic, I can tell you, I haven't been to the Olive Garden nor have I bought a house off of Zillow since the first movie. 
Oh, that's right. Zillow was on there. Oh, fuck that. I mean, I did find my house on Zillow, so I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it worked on me. (laughs) You fell prey to the sonic mind machine. Um. Yeah, so but I knew of Zillow before I watched the movie. So mm-hmm. I, guess I think that's just lack of competition for late stage capitalism. So the housing you have many choices is, to go with. isn't evenly distributed. <laughs> nah, why I never. So I think overall, Pong? I mean, circling back to, yes, to not the, the, the one actual. major gripe. Yeah. Answering the question overall thoughts. I thought it was good. It's a worthy sequel. I think the first one's a little bit. Uh, better in the sense it's more focused on the right areas, but this one did have a, a few more references to uh, levels in the game, and that was one of the survey questions. Uh, mm-hmm. What yep. did you want to see? Like, did, did do you like seeing you know references and and things from the Sonic video games in there? And I answered yes, of course I do want uh, want to see that. So you had it, it's not ice cap zone in name, but it is ice cap zone mm-hmm. in function. There's labyrinth slash aquatic ruin zone in function. There's no sky sanctuary, but it's the temple from the adventure games. Um, mm-hmm. You have the master emerald in there. You have uh, spoilers in there. You have other spoilers in there, but there are things from the video games that you you're like, oh, I know what that is. Um, yep. But in a, such a way that it, it fits more or less within mm-hmm. the framework of the plot. Which I got to say is the big, I think it's the big triumph of these two movies is that they, a lot of video game movies have always kind of danced around doing a good job of integrating the game elements into the movies. And Sonic has been one of the best so far where yeah, you, I, they have an understanding of what it means to put the game thing into just the movie look, thing. yeah. You just look at the the Mario movie, not the upcoming one with Chris Pratt, uh, mm. but <laughs> the one with with Peter's uncle Bob, and <laughs> just look at how they integrated things like the Mushroom Kingdom in that one, where and it's just the... a bunch of fungus everywhere and Goombas, which do not look like Goombas. Or function like as the Google jump did. boots. They had yeah. to have jump yeah. boots. Um, yeah, you think of things. I don't know. I don't. I I don't see a lot of video game movies. So there aren't we've, many. We've seen of a flare them. I wonder if Uncharted. Like, you talk about yeah. Doom, where they ha- they have the fucking the BFG shows up. The BioForce gun. <laughs> no, it's the big fucking gun. Come on now. Get over yourself. Uh, yeah, or Doom Annihilation. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's nothing that was so shoehorned as like the first person section in those those movies. Which, as good as that was, that was that was the a best part of the movie, honestly. Um, but um, it did not jive with the rest of that. I I guess you can consider Halo like another video game adaptation, but TV oh, yeah. form. Um, you- which I've seen the first two episodes of, and like they they do integrate some elements of the game into the show like they do a a first person view of like the hud Mm -hmm. and it's like straight ripped off the game they like have the sound of like the shield recharging so like there there are elements of that and like that's okay that's fine but like 
there are some aspects that they're not so faithful with and like i can't say the same for sonic but they're they're pretty consistent across the board yeah, i feel they do with how they integrate they do a pretty good job mechanics of bringing stuff in from the game yeah. in a way that is like not just having it in there for the sake of having it in there like it makes sense yeah. in, the, in the broader mm-hmm. uh context of the story um i think there were some missed opportunities to make a few more references that would have gone over well with the audience. Like, never once is the phrase, they call me Knuckles, uttered in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't nor, reference how he does not chuckle. Nor do they reference the fact that he movie. doesn't chuckle. He doesn't chuckle, and he does get mad that everything seems a joke to Sonic. So unlike Sonic, he does not chuckle. Um mm-hmm. Although, so at least they. <laughs> and I guess the grape thing God. was a reference to the manual. That was even a cut. For, that was a cut for me. I didn't even yeah. know that that his favorite food is grapes. Yeah. Well. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Because he did. He was like, "That's." I was like, "That's got to be a reference to the game." Yeah. Or that like was that. that was a deeper cut that's, than than I picked I, up on. I, I that's awesome. You asked me about Tails' voice actor. Yes. Uh, Colleen O'Shaughnessy voices Tails in Sonic Boom. Okay. She's like, also the voice of, of Sora from Digimon. Oh. So, okay. Yeah, so they got two headline actors, but the, for Tails, they got they got the 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 voice actor, one of the one of the series voice actors. Yeah. Interesting choice. Side note, Idris Elba, step up your game. Bring the respect to Knuckles not, that he deserves. Did not like Idris Elba as Knuckles. Um, I thought that was because really? he, you he could starts barely off strong, understand him. He's got like a mush mouth, the and then he pulls movie. it back. And I want I want him to bring yeah. the heat the whole movie. It like didn't it yeah, didn't I, feel right. I guess I don't have source material or like other ones to compare it to. Like what is a faithful adaptation? Well, I mean, of Knuckles he's never had like care or or an, you know any kind of accent. He's always been like I always remember yeah. him as Dan Green. Like he's, yeah. <laughs> he just speaks with like normal American dude voice. Um, yeah. So this is this oh, is no. a whole other take. But <laughs> you can you can really bring it. I, I know you can, Drusella. <laughs> You have the chops. I, well, they were really, I guess they were really playing into like the tribal aspect of it, where like he's from this tribe that maybe like would have kind of like. Well, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, is, he doesn't, well, he doesn't move trying, into that. Well, as much. He just kind of. I'm trying to apply logic to something where like people are on a different mm-hmm. planet, yet they still speak English, so it's kind of dumb to try to apply <laughs> logic. It's just uh, it's like I'm like he speaks broken English or whatever, implying he has a native tongue. Well, I don't think it was the broken English. It's just like the way like Idris Elba doesn't enunciate. <laughs> what he, he doesn't like have clear yeah. separation of words. It's just maybe that's him trying to like not do his English accent, and that's why I don't. I don't. I can't think of a movie that he's done. I but I know that one exists where he just yeah. does an American accent and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But, or like you can understand, like in Pacific Rim, you can understand what the fuck he's saying. Couldn't really understand the fuck he was saying all the time in this one. Uh, he said, "I." There was one, the, his big line where he said, "We're canceling the apocalypse." I think he said, but my first take on it was, "We are cancer in the apocalypse." <laughs> so I, I was like, "That yeah, doesn't make sense." Fucking, that's what I'm saying. He's mushmouth. You can't parse what he's trying to tell you. <laughs> we are cancer in the apocalypse. Yeah. We are cancer in the apocalypse. And like his his emoting 
was weird. Like I think he he hit certain lines kind of weird for the for the story context. Oh, he was in the wire. Um, not I don't have anything against Idris Elba as an actor, but I don't think he's a great voice act. I I don't know if he's done much voice acting before. I think we looked it up and he hadn't. So this this might be kind of a new thing for him and he wasn't really comfortable with it. Uh, but some of these lines, man, it's like, was that the best take you got from him? Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but overall, like, it's a worthy sequel. I think it's good. I think if you like the first one, you should go see it because you'll like it. And I, I uh, think that the third one will also be pretty good. They've set up the direction for it pretty clearly. Um, so mm-hmm. that mid credit scene did not leave much ambiguity nope. for where they were going with it. So I, overall, I, am, I gave it a thumbs up. It's good. Go If you like the first one, go, go watch this one. It's fine. It's good. I, uh, I'm just thinking about voice acting. And, and character choice. And I, I know they had to keep the Mr. Olive Garden from the fucking first one. But, man. <laughs> yeah. I want yeah, Jeffrey Olive Donovan Garden to be guy? the head of gun. <laughs> Jeffrey Donovan. Is, well, maybe, maybe, no, maybe Jeffrey Donovan can be the president. Yeah. Yes. Jeffrey Donovan is the president in Sonic 3. Sonic, I need your help. There's a threat so to the whole So, I have this burning... I have this burning question. So there was a big news story that came out saying that, um, what's his what's his face? Um, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey is quitting retiring. acting. He's yeah. retiring. We'll see how long that's. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if they're going to bring him back for the third one. It doesn't well, they, doesn't look like it. They, they definitely set themselves up to yeah, not. They have him they return. They killed him off, quote unquote. Um. Very easily ambiguous. So they never have. If he doesn't come back, they're good. Don't have to worry. Although it is, I don't think he needs. I don't think he needs to be in the third movie, though. I don't. I think they can. They can do a movie the way they're going to do. Actually, let's. Let's just start with spoilers. We all we all liked it. We I'd say go see it if you're a Sonic fan. Go see it if you have a family. You don't have to go see it with your family, but if you have a family, go see it. Yeah. If you're a Christian family, yeah, I think you would love this. <laughs> and you're looking you for a family, Christian family Christian value movies. Family. Go see this. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there was only what, like, I want to make clear all, that it was not then hammer in on like Christian stuff. It's like, what's your religion? Do you consider your, your faith to be important in your asshole? There was like two questions about it. It just had a Catholic wedding. That's all. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, the maybe the reason why they asked was because in in the end, spoiler warning, the the priest was also a gun operative, the, an agent, and they they maybe they're like, oh, that's blasphemous. Like Somebody impersonating the a priest. Had guns. They all had tasers. <laughs> they all had tasers. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, that, that's great. That's actually, interesting. <laughs> um, makes makes a little bit more sense. And then all the guns at the end were like. Well, there were fake guns, but then they were also tanks. So like, <laughs> yeah, yeah there were there were mounted machine guns <laughs> that showed up at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they saved all their their gun violence no, for the no end for Eggman. No, but I don't think a gun was fired in the entire movie. 
No, they shoot tasers. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was lasers. There was missiles, but no guns. You can't have a bullet. You can have missile projectiles fine. and <laughs> they're uh, disintegrating well, lasers. Let's get the spoilers, but um, they're saving it for Shadow. Yes, Shadow gets his gun. So the mid credit yeah. scene is that it, it's actually a pretty well done scene, to be honest with you. They come up to the the leader of gun with intel. Um, and it's like you know, fifty years ago. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then the thing is, he's like Project Shadow, and you see Shadow the Hedgehog, and it's it's pretty well rendered mm. version of Shadow the Hedgehog. It looks good. It looks I like, good. I like that they almost did a little groundwork for that in establishing that like the Chaos Emerald, like things they yeah. put it on Earth. This wasn't just like a weird ass planet that like you know he showed up on because like that was kind of a weird question in Sonic Adventure. Like, why is there? Why did they have uh, super speed hedgehogs? 50 years before Sonic showed up, presumably from yeah. space. But they laid the groundwork in this movie. They're like, yeah, this isn't like isolated from the rest of the universe. Aliens have been here before. So having the the ener- the super energized alien hedgehog be a thing that can exist and known by the yeah, U.S. government. They specifically, they specifically put the Master Emerald on Earth and uh, Long Claw specifically sent Sonic to Earth because his duty was to protect the Master Emerald, which is actually Knuckles' duty, but that's neither here nor there. The only criticism I have with the mid-credits scene is that when Shadow pulled up, that the opening chords of All of Me did not (laughs) start. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 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 Like, come on, guys. Yeah, that's that's another uh, small criticism I have of the movies. They don't utilize the great OST of Sonic's history uh, to their full advantage. Yeah, it's the, um, it's the Castlevania problem. We had this with uh, Castlevania where the music's so good, you got to put it in. Jake, did you watch that video I sent? <laughs> I would keep on watching it. Is that that's actually a, That's the, the opening cutscene from Shadow of the Hedgehog where he puts a mag in, slaps it, twists it, and then pumps the barrel like it's a shotgun. So, full disclosure, I I'm not the biggest like diehard Sonic fan. Like I I think I played something yeah, on a so game. You've Gear, outed Sonic yourself game on a game as Son- uh, Shadow of the Hedgehog yeah. being your so first not. Sonic game. <laughs> my my mommy and daddy bought me Shadow the Hedgehog because I thought it looked cool for the GameCube, and I played that shit. That was my f- only and. F- that was my like main introduction into the Sonic universe. Was was Shadow the Hedgehog game where he shot guns and you'd pick up random guns and you fought these like purple alien things from space. Yeah, Black Doom's aliens. Black-hearted yeah. evil brave so, hero. I am all of me. <laughs> that was pretty cool and I I'd be I'd be excited to see a movie that's kind of based off that. I'm interested to shit. see if they're going to give him a gun. At any point in in the third movie, mm-hmm. how could they not? Isn't that his thing? No, Isn't that his I stick? Mean, no, no. The, in the one game, that's the only Sonic game that ever existed that guns <gasps> like. In it. I can, I will literally tell you how the third one goes. Like, I here's the first third. Uh, here's it's the opening Sonic act of Sonic two. Three. Sonic has the, he he knows the Chaos Emeralds. He he can get them pretty quick because he's the fastest fucking thing ever. 
or whatever, you know, and he uses it to solve problems. And then Shadow shows up and demonstrates that he can also use the Chaos Emeralds and hits Chaos Control. And now you have set up your villain. Because that's, that's Shadow's thing, is he can use Chaos Control. And then they're going to develop it. Oh. They're going to have them fight. And then the uh, Bio Lizard is going to show up at some point. They're going to mm-hmm. get him in there or, or some some other threat like a government countermeasure that they lose control of or something, which could be the bio lizard in this thing. And then they're all, they're going to get the chaos emeralds together and then they're going to go, it's going to be like the end of adventure two. They're going to both go super hedgehog and they're going to defeat the bio lizard. And that's going to be the end of the movie. Everyone's going to clap and cheer. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, that's not this movie. That's not the movie we're talking about. So in this movie, we have knuckles showing up, uh, looking for the emeralds, uh, Eggman uh, makes an alliance with him till he finds out that he's a dishonorable fuck, and then he mm. teams up with Sonic and Tails. Uh, Sonic and Tails' relationship's kind of a little... Tails seems a little stalkery. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, I mean... Kinda, kinda and stalkered. all of this is, like, weirdly... As vague as the Sonic story has been, like, it has a couple good, important story beats. And they are all matched in this movie. That well, the Knuckles relationship fu- is tricked by Eggman into hunting Sonic, yeah. and that Tails was an admirer of Sonic because he had power that Tails felt that Tails didn't have, even though he has the brains to make there it is, work. There is there is there is a different. Uh, I don't know if it ever got officially adopted, but there was at one point um, a story continuity in which. Uh, well, they have Tails being mocked because of his second tail. Like, that's in the story, but Sonic supposedly is the one who teaches him how to, like, do the spin ball and, and fly with his tails mm-hmm. um, and run fast, I guess. But, you know, it, this works for the for the framework that they already set up. But all the characters are pretty much as you expect them to be. Uh, Knuckles is very disciplined, but also a little dim. I think they went a little hard on how dim he is. <laughs> and it's like well, Klingon his, level his, of like his level of intelligence warrior. is not uh, consistent throughout the movie. It varies depending upon whether or not they need to joke that scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and like Peter points out, he becomes a little Starfire from Teen Titans esque towards the where, end. Yeah, where he's like, "We will get the ice of the creams." Yeah, he's he's a he's a little himbo at the end. Yeah, uh, and he fucking Donkey Kong punches the baseball like Donkey Kong does in Super Mario <laughs> baseball. Um, but yeah, they the all the the CG the Sonic characters were the best part of the movie. Um, I think uh, when he goes Super Sonic, you know, it was probably the best Dragon Ball Z movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I was not expecting to pull that out right oh. away. I thought that was like a late stage Sonic. Three, yeah, I thought they're gonna wait for Sonic Three, but here. Well, that's it makes fine. sense. It makes sense because Sonic Two was the first Sonic in which you could play Super Sonic. Um, that's true. It's not wrong. Wait, they really—they literally call it it's Super literally Sonic. Called Super Sonic. Or... You gotta remember, Jake. Sonic the Hedgehog Two came out in 1992 when this Dragon Ball Z show was sweeping the nation. <laughs> 
Hey, dog, copy my homework, but change it up a little bit. There's seven chaos emeralds, Jake. <laughs> that you have to go all around the world to find. And in this yeah, movie, yeah. they have a little compass that helps them find <laughs> the emerald. This is they, not they even new information. This has been something that's been kind of joked about since 1992. Um mm. They but, even, yeah, they, but they did put in like a weird reference to the British Archie comics almost, I want to say. When he goes supersonic, there's like a joke that he's out of control, which I think in the comics was how that worked. Like when he went I supersonic, think, he went insane and was uncontrollable yeah, I until... Think, I think that's kind of the another thing they lifted from Dragon Ball Z because when Goku mm-hmm. goes Super Saiyan, he's like, get out of here, Gohan, before I lose control over myself. Uh... Um, plenty of chili dogs. They 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 love yeah. harping on that yeah, one. When he fucking conjures the chili dog from that, that was a good one, and it falls on knuckles. Uh, yeah, like the the whole climax was great. I was expecting the death egg. We got the death egg robot instead, which is which was fine. Sonic too. It yeah. was Sonic too. Um, yeah, and it it was well executed. <laughs> I found Jim Carrey turns I, into, I laughed into at the Doctor music Doom choice. from Fan Four Stick. Yeah, um, I did. I did kind of laugh at the music choice. I like "Walk" by Pantera, and it was just kind of funny to have that just be popped out here and your your kid mm-hmm. Sonic Chew. <laughs> yeah, the I, the Mean Bean reference, good. Yes, Stone, I love that they call it the Mean Bean. Stone uh, assistant great. Stone is is a solid supporting character. He was not utilized as as well as he was in the first movie, but the scenes he was in, he was great mm-hmm. in. Why, yeah, why are I we hanging? Them. Why I are we that... hanging around with the goat milker? <laughs> 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 I did like the interaction between them. the The struggle between who is the better minion mm-hmm. was uh, was pretty good. Um, I, I I think again like focusing on like unnecessary human interactions was like yeah. Wade. Yeah, I did not care for Wade new, in this when, movie. Like, I was like, I was like, okay, I get it. Like, you're trying to go for like some comic relief, but this is really kind of like slowing down the tempo of the movie. And it's like, I don't really need to see you scootering around. And could have been you know, one scene breaking into me and being. Yeah, yeah, like it just. Reference from the last film. The thing is that, like, they tried to include all these tried to get characters from the, from the first movie, and then also include Tails and Knuckles. And it's like, ah, you don't need to. See, you can just replace them or have like a really brief thing. Yeah, you don't need to have them be like a plot point. Yeah, they <clears> went <throat> a little overboard, uh, and and they went a little too far in some places, but. I think yeah, overall, yeah. Uh, if you enjoyed again, if you enjoyed the first movie, this this is gonna gonna scratch away your itch. I felt that this one was definitely a little more uh, kid oriented. Uh, like that was a little yeah. more obviously the the audience for this than in the first one. Not that the first one wasn't like pretty clearly a kids movie, but it, it, this one felt a little more juvenile uh, in tone, like the dance off scene and the. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, Just generally some of the the interactions. Which I was like, yeah, that's 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 kids movie. Yep. Yeah, I feel you. I had to remind myself, like, it's a kids movie. It's it's fine for for that. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. 
I think it uh, it lived up to my expectations. I didn't expect much from the first one. I expected quite a bit from this one. I think my expectations were met. Um, they've got some cleaning up to do for the third one, but I, I look forward to Sonic 3. Or maybe they'll title mm-hmm. it Sonic Adventure because <laughs> it's it's not really going to follow the plot of Sonic 3. They kind of did that one here. Um, but yeah, that that's gonna that's that's all I have to really lament on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. Um, again, I think I think I'm the same. I'm 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 more mild on it than the first one. I think we really talked up the the first one, and I I would still argue to say I think this is a successful uh, another video game adaptation though. I think they did a good job on it. Just not as good as the first one, but that. Then again, that's like trying to recreate. Yeah, so so it's a game of degrees too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's gonna yeah. gonna wrap up episode three hundred nine of the Sound Studs podcast. You can check us out at soundstuds.com. Got a link to our Twitch. We stream regularly, usually Saturdays at eight p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv backslash soundstuds. You can follow us on social media at Studs Saturn. Uh, we are content creators for Iron Blood Gaming. You can follow them at Iron Blood Gaming on Twitter to uh, stay in touch with all, all the stuff we do. There's a lot of other great content creators uh, under that hood that you should totally check out. Um, and until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye-bye. <laughs>